Hello, everyone, and welcome to the WPB Consulting Podcast. We are excited to have you here today. WPB Consulting is driven to bring clarity to coaching. We do this through podcasts and our own consulting service by providing high-performance consultants to inspire health and wellness with peer-reviewed science and practical application. On today's podcast, we'll have Isaac Steffensmeyer. Isaac is a sports psychologist and human performance consultant. So let's hear what he has to say for us today. Thank you, Austin, for having me on. I was super excited to get your message. And uh, I think what you're you're doing and what your podcast's mission is, is uh, really cool and, and really needed. Um, but yeah, my, my name is Isaac Semensmart. Uh, like Austin said, we go, we go back from all the way to high school and then we kind of, our paths have just kind of been there. They've always been together throughout, I don't know, the past kind of 10 years, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, but I grew up in Southeast Iowa, uh, part of a kind of a rural family with my four siblings and my parents. Um, and what I do now is sport and performance consulting. So that's that has its basis in sports psychology, um, which is just uh, it's a studying up and practice of hu- or, uh, psychological principles to human performance and helping athletes, exercisers, coaches, business professionals <clears throat> uh, enjoy their whatever experience they're having to the uh, utmost potential, improve their performance, and then help their overall well-being. You know, as a former athlete and now sports and performance um, consultant or coach, um, how does it feel to make that transition into the business world? And then are there certain cues that assist you in improving performance, your training, your business? And can you tell us more? Yeah. Uh, so the transition piece, uh, I would say is it's another, it's another learning lesson. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have some people in my life who have some entrepreneurial business savvy. Um, so I've just learned a lot from them and still do uh, as I'm kind of going through this business process. Um, and then on the Q side of thing, uh, a lot of it is stuff, uh, now that I've learned through my education and training at, uh, Mankato specifically. Um, but like things like developing an awareness of myself and others, um, and how, just how much of an impact I have on other people and then others have on me it's a it's a reciprocating thing it's a mutual thing and it's with every person i mean to me if um you know if you have a if you have a heart and you have a brain you have an impact um so don't don't think that um you don't matter um even if someone doesn't know your name you know you walk down the street how you how you are every day people people are affected by that whether they know it or whether you know it or not um so just developing that awareness I guess another cue is uh, being present, uh, practicing mindfulness, um, which is another technique that uh, we've been educated and trained on um, through 
uh, sports psychology field. Um, that's something that I wish as a former athlete and uh, like in high school and college, I wish I, I was aware of that practice because now in a business sense and um, being a model for those I work with, it's something that I take seriously and I see a lot of value in it. Um, and then lastly, I would say uh, just perspective, like gaining greater perspective of, of, of concepts of people um, and practicing gratitude um, have been big for me in uh, the starting the whole business thing, but also, you know, kind of reflecting on what sport is, what exercise is, what wellness is, and how, how those things can positively or negatively Um, so how has physical fitness and wellness impacted your life and business in school and has it influenced you in your in in those endeavors uh yeah i mean absolutely i i can remember from as when i could first remember anything uh being active has just been something that i've i've loved to do um growing up with four younger siblings being the oldest of four siblings i mean we were in kind of a rural area that's what we did i mean we we just play outside we go outside with a stick and a rock and just make a game out of it or shadow tag you know all sorts of different stuff um and being being active like that um in a physical sense i feel like has given me a lot of it's challenged me in some ways, which is good. It's helped my growth, but it's also given me a lot of a lot of peace too. I can I can go and um, you know not necessarily have to go hard in a workout or or uh, in a practice to gain some peace of mind, come to a place of calm. Um, so for me, uh, and you know, research has shown that exercise is good for you. It helps uh, battle depressive symptoms and, and that sort of thing too. So. Um, didn't know it at the time as I was doing it, but you know, you kind of go, oh yeah, that makes sense. When I do, when I move, um, when I take care of my body, when I fuel my body appropriately, um, I feel good and then I can help. And then even more so the impact, kind of going back to what I was saying before about having awareness of your impact on others. You know, if I don't get sleep, if I don't eat well, if I don't move, if I don't uh, challenge my body in that way or my mind, it's going to be hard to serve others. Um, and especially as, as a business, uh, that, I mean, that, that's the purpose of a business is to serve, serve those, your, your clients or customers, um, as best you can. So I feel that it is extremely important. It's a responsibility, not only to myself, but to others to take care of myself. So how has physical fitness and wellness impacted your life and business in school? And has it influenced you in your in, in those endeavors? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I can remember from as when I could first remember anything, uh, being active has just been something that I've, I've loved to do. Um, growing up with four younger siblings, being the oldest of four siblings, I mean, we were in kind of a rural area, that's what we did. I mean, we we just play outside. We go outside with a stick and a rock and just make a game out of it or 
shadow tag, you know, all sorts of different stuff. Um, and being, being active like that, um, in a physical sense, I feel like has given me a lot of, uh, it's challenged me in some ways, which is good. It's helped my growth, but it's also given me a lot of, a lot of peace too. I can, I can go and, um, you know, not necessarily have to go hard in a workout or, or, uh, in a practice to gain some peace of mind, come to a place of calm. Um, so for me, uh, and you know, research has shown that exercise is, is good for you. It helps uh, battle depressive symptoms and, and that sort of thing too. So, um, didn't know it at the time as I was doing it, but you know, you kind of go, Oh yeah, that makes sense. When I do, when I move, um, when I take care of my body, when I fuel my body appropriately, um, I feel good and then I can help. And then even more so the impact kind of going back to what I was saying before about having awareness of your impact on others. You know, if I don't get sleep, if I don't eat well, if I don't move, if I don't, uh, challenge my body in that way or my mind, it's going to be hard to serve others. Um, and especially as, as a business, uh, that I mean that that's the purpose of a business is to serve serve those your your clients or customers um, as best you can so I feel that it is extremely important it's a responsibility not only to myself but to others to take care of myself is it in maintaining quote-unquote a mental edge you know you hear that a lot in yeah in a lot of sports or psychological discipline during competition. Um, so, do you feel like the the societal like conformity of having quote unquote a mental edge, like discipline, um, is important, or how do you feel about that? Yeah, um, you know, and uh, that's it's an interesting question because, and, and to be honest, I've uh, that vocabulary, mental edge, um, I can't necessarily speak to that. Um, because I'm not really sure what people mean when they say it. Sure. Um, so I'll leave that as it is. But I like I like your vocab of psychological discipline, because to me that that is at least in in my uh, uh, interpretation of the field that I'm in and, and what I do, that is what is the practice is a psychological discipline. And during competition, you know, why is that important? Well. Thoughts, feelings, our environment, um, they all have an impact on us. Our, our environment, what's outside of us, has an impact on how we think and feel. But being able to come to a place where, okay, I'm going to process the process. What's what's happening right now outside of me that's then influencing my thoughts and feelings? And then can I come to a place where I don't let that thought or feeling just automatically like sub or unconsciously become a behavior? I'm going to stay in control of uh, that thought or feeling and then find a space in between what's happening outside of me and my next move, whatever, I mean, that could be doing nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, find that space and then act on it in a conscious manner. Um, and then eventually you get to a place where that that practice becomes a subconscious but it's a subconscious in control now whenever something happens outside of my environment i've disciplined myself i've trained myself to where 
my response to it is it, it, it just becomes that much quicker. Um, so I don't have to do that processing the process as often as much. Um, yeah, so the importance of it, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily, I don't, I wouldn't say it's more or less important than anything else and even like the physical side of stuff. Um, and this is as a, as an athlete, as a coach, as an exerciser, a business professional, even your, uh, I don't know, being a brother, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, it, um, it's not more important or less important, but it's a piece. It's a piece that I feel like is not, um, and not, not to anyone's fault, but it, we're just now becoming aware of it, aware of its role in the whole puzzle. common misconceptions about sports psychology and performance coaching. Um, so those who don't either don't know about a lot about it or those who just have um, their already predetermined thoughts about it. Yeah. Um, well, like I, like I mentioned before, the, the field, the Association of Applied Sports Psychology, the American Psychological Association, Division 47, um, they've defined what the field of sports psychology is and um, like I said earlier study and application of psychological principles in accordance with human performance context um, and then taking those things and just helping athletes exercisers coaches business professionals uh, perform to their uh, potential and enjoy whatever their experience is um, so with that in mind um, I, I feel like uh, some misconceptions are it's a it's a quick fix you know if you practice sports psychology if you if you read about it you've got it um, but you know the I think it's funny sometimes and I'm, I'm I was guilty of it too but uh, we think of the mind and body as two separate things uh, and your heads I mean your heads on your shoulders <laughs> so uh, they are together you know they work together um, neuromuscularly I mean even though I'm not telling my my mouth or my hand or you know whatever to to do something or to speak there are um neurological transmitters sending signals to those muscles in my body you know telling me to do it i'm just not consciously doing it right um so so th they are connected um and it's a practice and i think that when a person puts both of those things together that's where Again, like it's not the quick fix thing, but it's an everyday practice, just like how you would practice for a sport, just like how you'd practice for a lifting competition or, or a 5K or, you know, what have you. Um, I would say another uh, one, and this one's kind of interesting to me anyways, it's, it's uh, being weak. If you're, if you're practicing sports psychology, if you feel the need to practice sports psychology or mindset training, you're weak. Um, and at, at first, I feel like, oh, it, like, no, that's not true. But then I thought about it, and it's like, well, in my own experience, yeah, that's what I would call myself. I was mentally weak. Um, just like a, just like a muscle. Oh man, like, I, uh, if if I'm a, if I'm a lifter or even a, a football player, basketball player, 
I need to get stronger. I realize that I am not, my body is not strong enough to continue to compete at whatever level I want to compete at. So I've got to work on it. Same thing with my mind. I realize I'm aware that there are things, I have a difficult time staying focused. Uh, I experience performance anxiety come competition. Uh, I don't really know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I, I don't really know what my motivation is. Um, so you can call you can call that weak, but it's it's first being aware of, oh, like this is what I'm experiencing, and, and I want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I would I'd be willing to say like, yeah, I, I guess that the conception or misconception of well, if you practice sports psychology, you're weak. I would, okay, there's some truth to that. Like, yeah, I'm weak. But it doesn't mean that I can't get stronger. That's the whole reason right. I'm doing it. Um, right. So there's a little bit of a you know swallowing your ego, swallowing your pride in that. But it's also a well, why is there that swallowing ego pride with the mental aspect but not physical? If I say, oh, I need to get stronger, I'm going to go to the gym. Everyone's like, oh, that's awesome, dude, or it's awesome, yeah. man. I, you know, you're you're taking responsibility. Uh, you're doing that for yourself. Um, you're putting in work. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of. I don't really know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I, I don't really know what my motivation is. Um, so you can call you can call that weak, but it's it's first being aware of, oh, like this is what I'm experiencing, and, and I want to do something about. It. Vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people don't like to talk about vulnerability. And so I think it's not, it's, you don't have to be public about it. It's up to you to decide what you want to do with it. But like taking action, the next step after, you know, you know, contemplating what you want to do and then taking action to the next step, you know, as I said, the biggest thing is crossing those bridges. Right. And so instead of, yeah. you know, instead of making these big jumps where you feel like it's impossible, like reaching out to someone that can help you, you know, improve your performance, whether, whether it is, you know, you're psychologically weak or you're, you're physically weak, you know, reaching out to those individuals that are going to push you to cross that bridge is what we're here for. Mm -hmm. That's literally our purpose. (laughs) So we, and we're so passionate about it and we're so passionate about it. We want, we, we love working with people who are, you know, willing to, you know, be a little bit more vulnerable in that aspect. And, you know, whether they consider themselves weak or strong mentally, like you can always improve yourself. You're never going to be perfect. So, um, so I think for those who are listening, you know, reach out to, and then if you are looking for a specific person that needs, needs to assist you, reach out to them. Um, I, misinformation other listeners should know about training for endurance events so i think for for your case you're you're a perfect example of a coach who's not only you know applied it practically but also have studied it so um so if someone wants to go out you know and and train for an endurance event you know what what's the misinformation that you hear and how can you correct that yeah um well i guess just to give the listeners a little bit of background on the endurance side I failed to mention that at the beginning of the podcast but uh, 
I I was uh, I competed in cross country, soccer, track, and basketball in high school, and then in college at Central, um, I continued my running career, cross country and track. So, and I did the distance side of things. So, speaking to your question, Austin, about uh, misconceptions with uh, endurance sports, um, and I can't speak to all endurance sports, but I, I would uh, venture to guess that. Um, there are some similarities across them, but the, the biggest misconception I had and I, I put into full use, it kind of, uh, it had its uh, outcomes for me was that hard work equals success. That's, and that, that is the equation in and of itself. Um, and it's, it's much more complex than that <clears throat> because if hard work equaled success, well then it would just be whoever works the hardest has the most success. Um, so in, in, in endur an endurance aspect, it was, okay, how many miles do you put in? But there comes a point and everyone's different. Um, some people can put in hundreds of miles. Some people, you know, put in 50 miles and I'm talking, uh, running specifically endurance running specifically. Um, but there's a, there's a hard, there's a hard work, there's a diligence to it for sure. That I'm not um, dismissing the importance of hard work, um, but there's there's also a recovery aspect. There's a there's a training intelligently um, aspect to it as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's like I, and it's all it's all around us. It's kind of funny. Like in even in the conversation that we're having, there are there are pauses. There's inflections of of different tones of uh different volumes um in music same thing there there's rest notes um sound goes up it goes down it, it sounds different it's it's the same thing with our training uh in endurance events uh specifically um you know there are there are inflection there's different intensities and volumes um and then there's also times to like take that rest note or pause in conversation, pause in your train, you know, doing those things I think are, um, very important. I mean, they're vital. It's something that for me, I experienced a lot of burnout because I just, I was so focused on that equation of hard work equals success. Um, and not to say that hard work is not part of that equation because it most certainly is. Um, but there's more to the equation than, than just one aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, as you mentioned, you know, training intelligently is so crucial to success that people don't talk about, you know, mm -hmm. um, one thing that I can speak on specifically is people who don't recover in, in a gym specifically don't mm -hmm. see results. I mean, it's, it's very simple. This is such a simple question that I like to ask is like, when do you build muscle if you're lifting weights? It's not in the gym. You're breaking down your muscle. When you go home, when you eat and sleep, that's when you recover and that's when you build muscle. So like, it's, it's such a simple comparison with that is, you know, there's so many, it's not just, I don't know if this was taught in, in like certain coaching styles, um, as you mentioned, but you know, hard work is such an effort is controllable and it's such a great, um, way to modify your success but it's not the whole piece of the puzzle, right? So
back to when I was a kid and why I even started doing sports in the first place. It was because, well, I had fun with it. That was that was the whole reason. That was the whole reason I started. And and then you know as you get older and um, you know talking with teammates and coaches and parents and you know anyone else involved in sport that it's like man why we not to say that you know there's an, an evolution of uh, goals and, and tasks and whatnot as we as we age but uh, don't forget why we started mm-hmm. um, so I would say I would say that being uh, knowing why you started um, and not losing sight of that practicing coming back to it when you feel uh, like you're a little bit out of control maybe okay for sure yeah I think understanding your why is is so important because it's about especially training for a competitive event and I why I say training for a competitive event in such a broad terminology is because you know we're trying to reach out to as many people as we can with this but as you mentioned you know understanding your why for doing you know the activity that you're doing and not just going in there and just being you know ignorant of the results uh of hey i'm going to suffer if i run a 5k <laughs> you know or if i'm gonna run a marathon i just like you're, you're in it for more than just hey i'm i'm going to just run this or i'm just going to compete in this like there's a, there's a deeper understanding to that and so they superficially someone may say that right like i'm just gonna try, try to do it to complete it but you know, really digging a little bit deeper into that is, is very important too. So kind of going into the next, this transition is kind of into the next question of, you know, of their whys. So if someone such as, uh, I think of an individual who is a student or classifies themselves as like a student, whether it's a uh, college student, uh, grad student, um, high school student, or a student in life, um, started a New Year's resolution this year to compete in a 5K, a marathon, or an Ironman. What's some advice you would give from, especially from your not only professional standpoint, but your practical standpoint of being uh-huh. a runner? You know? um, yeah, I mean, uh, I would say it was a great transition from the last question. I would say uh, know your why, uh, challenge your why and understand your why because because your why will um it'll probably change you know we're, we're always changing i mean that's that's how we are that's what humans do we change um so being able to practice coming back to that and and looking and seeing well why is my why not to get getting a little uh potentially confusing here but why is my why my why is it someone else's why? Is it like really why am I doing this? Is um, am I seeking attention from someone else? Uh, do I just do I just want a challenge? Um, is it because everyone else is doing it? Um, and not and not all of those things are, to, to, in my opinion, very valid. That's why you want to do it, and absolutely, um, but know it know it and challenge it and when you challenge your why and your why is kind of your your belief in something when you challenge that it it only is going to um deepen and strengthen uh your belief and you know that belief might you might change i mean it could be changed there are a lot of things that i believed when i was in high school or even even in graduate school that i 
that have changed in less than a year. Um, so knowing your why, challenging your why, understanding your why, uh, and then practicing staying present. So each and every day, we all we have is today. Um, and kind of having that sort of mindset where I, I know what I'm kind of working towards. I have my goals, but uh, Dr. Senator Kampoff, my, my professor and, and mentor throughout uh, graduate school, she kind of had a 95-5 rule. 95% of the time you think about the things that you can do right now. And the other 5% of the time go to your motivation, go to your why, what's, what's, uh, what's moving you towards whatever it is you're working toward. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think, you know, to build off that, really understanding your why is, you know, when you step on, let's say you are running a marathon or an ultra marathon or an Ironman, like something you think is, you know, very overwhelming in all aspects that you've never done before. Like for me, if I was going to go out and say, Hey, I'm going to go run a marathon in two weeks. Like that's overwhelming. Um, but understanding like, Hey, the day I step on the starting line for that, why am I doing this? And I'm not saying right before, like they, the gun goes off or whatever, Yeah. but like, you know, the day you show up, you know, being present, as you mentioned, you know, when you get to that moment or you're training every single day for that, You know, are you asking yourself, you know, why am I doing this or like really understanding that? So I think if that's your message, Isaac, I totally agree with it. (laughs) I think that's exactly right. Um, And, you know, it's, it's good to challenge yourself and be aware of your challenge. And so accepting it is an okay thing to do and not feel like it's against you. Um, And that's another thing that I would kind of add in there. So all right, so the next thing here, um, in regard to data collection in the advancement in technology, is there anything you have or are seeing that is impacting health and fitness in regard to competition from kind of your domain? Um, yeah, uh, so I'm kind of, uh, I'll just say my bias here, I'm very old school, um, so technology in myself, uh, I have, that's a challenge of mine. I know I need to get better at it. Um, but l- like with anything, there's good and bad to it. Right. Um, and I would say in a training competitive, uh, aspect, the negative I feel like can become people give too much focus to the technology rather than the steps they need to take to grow. Uh, so, for example, you know, uh, Fitbits or um, even even any sort of goal tracker, um, they pay more attention to posting numbers and, and showing other people or even themselves what they've done rather than uh, really kind of doing it, like evaluating like, oh, well, did I like, am I in the gym taking selfies and posting to Instagram or am I actually lifting um and i don't i don't mean to put that in a uh negative light necessarily uh about you know if you want to go to the gym and and take selfies and post instagram by all means uh have at it um but from a training and competitive standpoint uh just asking yourself the question are those things going to get you closer to your goals 
in a timely manner. Um, now, on the flip side, as far as technology goes, holy cow, the things that we can do because of technology, the convenience, the clarity that it provides, uh, the, I mean, we have computers at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, the knowledge, opportunities for growth, technology is a huge, huge, huge piece of that. So uh, for me, it's, it's just being very educated on what whatever piece of data or technology you're using, um, what its purpose is, what its use is, and then carrying it out as closely to that um, as possible. Not not veering too far from um, its intended use. Yeah, I totally agree. I just wanna put one little comment in here real quick. Yeah. Um, so here's what I, I would like to just to provide some clarity here. Um, data collection and information is so important. I will not disregard that. Um, but, you know, being able to have someone who can help push you to, to re- whether it's results, you're super results driven uh-huh. or you're not, the, the coaching is taking that data and being able to use it effectively as a tool because a lot of t- this is where I get a, a little bit um, biased towards the, the coaching side of things compared to just strictly data collection. Yes, data collection, if you're going based on results, can, in theory, get you from point A to point B. However, getting you from point A to point B effectively in a sustainable manner comes with coaching. And so what I mean, what I example I can give from that. So I've done weight loss coaching with, um, with so many individuals in the past two years that I've really realized like, yes, theoretically you can lose weight, you know, from, you know, say you're 190 pounds and you want to get down to 150 pounds. Like you want to lose 30 pounds. You're obese based on your, your height or whatever, and your gender or whatever, you know, yeah, you could lose weight you know, just restricting your calories strictly, uh-huh. but are, you're going to be miserable about that. And then you'll get to the, the end result and you're going to be like, wow, this, I feel like crap. I just didn't have any support through that. So the coaching comes with it of empowering yourself to create good habits too, as well. So data is a tool and it's such an amazing tool. So I'm not going to like bash on it, but yeah. knowing which types of data you're using effectively Mm -hmm. and you having a good coach that can interpret that data because another another example and i'll get off my tangent here because i don't want to speak too long i like it i'm learning so an individual who is a uh, bodybuilder um he this this individual is on instagram he's on the platform of instagram he is a coach who promotes um anabolic um, steroids to enhance performance. And I understand when, when it comes to competing in certain divisions in um, bodybuilding that, you know, anabolic steroids um, are a very common thing. I'm not saying they're a necessity, but mm-hmm. they, the individuals who are on these performance enhancing drugs reach the top 1%, right? They, they have the biggest payoff. They see the results. This individual who coaches off of that you know, uses, Hey, I'm going to give these individuals these steroids 
I don't know if he like this is essentially like a drug dealing type thing, but essentially he's he's promoting it. I don't know if he's giving it to him or he's promoting it. But they do re- receive the results of the the top placings at the competitions. I will not disagree with that. They are doing excellent. But yeah. he's not coaching them through like the side effects of this. He's not coaching yep. them through the process of you know coming off the steroids. Um, and balancing their hormones effectively or having the emotional toll of that because your hormones are rampant. So yes, you can have things that can help you and tools that can help you get to from point A to point B. And you can, from a data perspective, see those results, but that's not everything. That's not everything in the process. Provide clarity to coaching. Provide clarity to coaching. Oh, anyone can be a coach. Um, because there are, it, it's, a, it's an important position. Um, yeah, coaches, coaches are models, whether they're aware of it or not. Uh, and I, I think bringing clarity to coaching, you know, why are you a co- kind of going back to your why, why are you a coach? Uh, but what are you teaching? How are you teaching it and why? And being very, um, having conviction and clarity in yourself and in, in of that. Um, I'll give you a short little bit about my experience with coaches. I, in high school, and kind of speaking to what you were saying about the whole, um, you know, you have knowledge, you have data, but it's not so much the data itself, but how a person communicates that and interprets it and applies it to another person. Uh, I know a guy who is immensely knowledgeable about basketball and football. I mean, incredibly, incredibly knowledgeable. However, he has the darndest time communicating that knowledge to his athletes. Oh. And so, you know, it's, it's awesome to have that knowledge, but if you can't communicate it effectively to someone else, right. it's useless. It's completely useless, which goes right back to uh, your, what you call a tangent, but to me it was a very good point. Uh, you know, that, that data, that knowledge is important, but if you, if a person, and that's to me what a, the art, the kind of the art side of coaching as opposed to the science, um, if a person can't master that art, um, I think they're missing, again, not a more important piece, but a, a vital piece of what is coaching. Mm-hmm. Um so for my high school coach, that was that was something that I greatly appreciated about him. Did he know a lot about running? Not really, but he he cared about me as a person, as Isaac Stevensmeyer before Isaac Stevensmeyer, the athlete or the runner. It wasn't it, my you know my value to him, at least how I've interpreted it, um, is not 
conditioned upon my success as a runner. It's, hey, how are you doing today? Hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. And we do this, you know, whole running thing together sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess lastly for me, my, my biggest uh, question for providing more clarity coaching, I guess, would be as a coach, Am I putting my own values, perspectives, life lessons on others? Or am I seeking to understand theirs and then support them and challenging them throughout that process, throughout their journey? Because, and, and as a coach, you know, I volunteer coach for youth and have uh, done a little bit of coaching uh, throughout my life, but there are times where I go, whoa, 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 I've, you know, how much, how much of what I'm doing is just me putting my own beliefs, values onto these athletes, students, um, exercisers, whatever it is, whatever the case may be. Um, and how is that helping them? I, I, you know, I'm not here for, as a coach, I shouldn't, I'm not here for me. I'm here for them. I want to see them grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in order to do that, I have to, let down my ego and just be there for them and seek to understand where they're coming from. In my- because right. understanding the individual needs for over yourself, that is a great coach in itself yeah. right there. Um, that I think that separates a great or a, a good coach from a great coach, and 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 I think to go off on that in just a little bit, um, you know, those individuals who impacted your life have driven you to be successful, right? And so, you know, as as a current coach, like I can say, there's been so many people who have influenced my life and my my coaching style. But as you mentioned, you know. And you impact, like you said, in the beginning of our podcast here, you're saying like, if you have a heart and a brain, you can impact someone else. And you said, like you said, it's like, it can be intimidating, but you know, if that's your passion, if that's what you care about and that's, that's, you know, your purpose, you know, by all means, like go out there and, and get that. Um, and then the last, that's the last thing here is, um, there's two people that I, I want to reference here is like Simon Sinek is a great individual who kind of understands more from the like business side of things of performance coaching, right? You know, corporate culture and, and, and those individuals who are focusing on building their companies up from, um, from the ground up. And, and you would know this, um, working with professionals and, and stuff, but, you know, understanding their why and kind of, you know, taking that in. I always say like consuming that information, right? Kind of processing that and trying to give them um, the best information you can from your knowledge, your background, your experience to be able to meet them where they're at and provide them the guidance to get to their goal, right? coach you know if you're passionate about what you do and seek the experiences and understand your why and being able to meet the individual where they're at you're you can succeed in a lot of ways 
Mm-hmm. And, and so I can sense the passion in that from you and your, your experience with that. So um, we love that. So to wrap things up here, I want to thank you for being on the podcast here today, Isaac. You've done uh, an amazing job of being able to provide information to our listeners and really um, meet them where they're at, whether if, whether it's they're listening to this for the first time or they're listening for th- their hundredth time. So we hope that it provides the clarity to coaching that they seek. So anything else you'd like to add here today? Um, I mean, I could give a, like you said, uh, coaches, I could give a shout out to my coaches, parents, siblings, uh, mentors, friends, colleagues, yourself included, um, for your impact that you've had on me um, as a professional, as a competitor, and just as a person in general. So uh, I thank all those people. I thank you for that. Um, and seriously, Austin, like, super, super cool to get your message. Uh, I was really, really grateful to be a part of this. Uh, I think what you're doing is awesome. Um, I think your, your why, you're providing clarity to coaching is awesome. Um, and I think you, uh, you know, just kind of knowing you as a person too, it's, it's, uh, it's important to you. Um, and you're doing a good job at it. So just encourage you to, to keep up the good work. Um, and I was just really glad to be a small piece in your um, in your thing. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, it's been an p- absolute pleasure, Isaac. You you inspire me. And I like I said, these we're handpicking these individuals who can really provide the best information we think is possible. So I want to thank you here today. And... Um, if you need to re- reach out to Isaac, I'll provide his information as well um, in the description of the podcast. So, um, like I said, reach out to him. He's an amazing resource. He's very passionate, as you can hear in his voice, and you can really hear of his purpose. So, um, thank you, Isaac. We appreciate you being on here today. Yep. Thank you, Austin. Take care, man.